Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, just as he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before him. He destined us for adoption as his children through Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace that he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and insight, he has made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure that he set forth in Christ, as a plan for the fullness of time, to gather up all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In Christ, we have also obtained an inheritance, having been destined according to the purpose of him who accomplishes all things according to his counsel and will, so that we, who were the first to set our hope on Christ, might live for the praise of his glory. In him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and had believed in him, were marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. This is the pledge of our inheritance toward redemption as God's own people to the praise of his glory. The word of God for the people of God. As we gather here, we are affirmed by God's his grace, his presence, that we are precious, that we are special, and that we are blessed. Let us pray. Dear Lord, help us see past the veil of this world and the shadows of this land and claim the promise of a bright new day in the gospel. Let these words from Ephesians that come from the Spirit, from the heart, that you indeed love us and have called us, you have predestined us to claim the promise and the prize that waits for us. In Jesus' holy, sweet name we pray. Amen. This past week, um, as, as the young people were practicing, as Mina was playing, was it Mozart or Beethoven? It was Mozart? Was it Mozart? I heard you playing Mozart. Uh, he was playing Mozart. And he plays um, in a symphony there in Kuwait. Um, he's very skilled, um, and he was playing, and it was just so beautiful. And to hear them today, and then have Justin, and to have the, with the beauty of music that we have been given. And today we're dealing with the mystery of his will. To understand God is to understand the beginnings of this sound, this uh, language, this communication, conversation God is having with us. God wants us to know the truth, but we live in a world where truth is not so easily found. Every day we are confused by the versions of truth that we hear. We hear one side and another, we hear up and we hear down, and we seek for truth in a land that has very little. Well, this morning we can rest assured that truth is found in this worship service here at Spring Hill. God has blessed us to claim the truth that we have here. So let's look at this scripture as Paul starts his letter to the church at Ephesus. 
He's helping these early Christians to discern the world we're living in to be prepared for the world to come. And he shares with us that we first have been blessed. Earlier I said that we are special, we are precious, and we are blessed by God. Not just one, but all three of those elements make up our lives. In this scripture, we have been blessed, and that is a past tense. Miss Kathy, I did some research on some of my tenses and, and the, you know, all the things from English in high school. Here, we're finding that blessing has already been, it's already occurred, it's already taken place. So before you take your next step in your life, know that God has blessed the ground that you will walk upon. God has blessed the people that you will meet. God has blessed the endeavor that you are about. God is blessing you where you are and where you have been and where you are going. So in this scripture, Paul is saying to these early Christians, praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, because he has blessed us in heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. As you know, um, I've been working on a series of laws of, um, well, just theological truths of insights into spirit. Now in my 33rd year of ministry, I uh, have been searching for so many insights that I can share and help others to find peace and harmony and purpose in their life. And, and as I look at this, I realize that the equation that we are about, the equation we're not just uh, numbers on a piece of paper. We're not just DNA sequences on a medical chart. We're not just genetic parts of our family from the past. Our equation is not just the beginning and ending of our lives. Our equation is not just uh, what's written on with well, a tombstone. Born a certain day and will die and die at a certain day. The equation that we are measured by has more variables than we think. In fact, God is blessing us beyond the equation. In other words, he's saying, okay, you have what you have, so let me give you what I have. And God is a generous God. And so he pours his grace. His grace is not quantum, though I've been studying that a lot lately. His grace is not any source of, uh, you know, worldly and universal truth that we find. His grace is beyond that. Yet he's pouring it like a river into our lives. He's pouring it into the world. He's pouring it into the universe. So there is more here than appears and Paul is saying to these early Christians, he has already blessed you. And then he carries it even more. He chose us in him before the creation of the world. <laughs> now, some that are Presbyterian uh, in their leanings, 
Love the idea of a predestinarian thought and idea of how uh, things have already been worked out before they've even started. And we as Methodists, uh, we don't hold against that belief, but we tend to believe more in the idea of free will that we have a choice and we make a journey through life and it's not already settled and done. There's still choice. But the truth is we all have a little bit right and a little bit wrong in this theological debate. For the truth is God has already made infinite possibilities of every possible way we can go into the future. No matter what choice we make. If that choice be a good choice or a bad choice, a left choice or a right choice, God has already worked his grace in the midst of our choice. He has given us infinite possibilities, but our lives only have finite probabilities. One of the laws, one of the beliefs that I have been following now for a number of years in this, in this emerging theology that's very Wesleyan in its creation, he chose us. Now, it doesn't mean we were there before creation because we were not. Christ was there before creation. Christ, the Son of God, was there before creation, but we were not. I wasn't there before the stars got put into the sky and before the sun was put into motion. I was created <laughs> by my beautiful mama and my beautiful dad. And I was born in the town of Lewisburg, North Carolina. See, I have a day under the sun. Like a flower that springs up. I have a purpose. And I grow where I'm planted and then the day will come when I will no longer be under the sun, but I'll be directly under the grace of God. So in other words, he has blessed us and he already has seen and understood us before we were even who we are. Yeah, God's already figured it out. He's already worked it out. He's got the perfect plan for me and you. Years ago in the 1990s, I was asked by a good friend of mine, Dr. Leonard Sweet, to contact this preacher out west in California that had started a new church near San Francisco. And he asked me to contact this man, and he was writing about this new idea, and that idea was purpose and how life has purpose. The man, of course, was Rick Warren before he was Rick Warren. And I remember talking with him, and I kept asking him questions like, so you think there's purpose? And he said, oh, I know there's purpose, Jerome. There's great purpose. God's given us purpose. And I said, well, you're going to write a book about it, I guess. He said, I am writing a book about it. Little did I know that uh, that book would lead him to fame and not really so much fortune, but to the idea of influencing a nation to seek out its purpose. Because we have lots of people this day and age are aimlessly searching for reason, who always are trying, trying to survive, to find the answer for living. But you must always keep going, sometimes not knowing, and do not lay down and die. There's an answer, my friend. You must search till the end to find out the reason why. Though time is against you, and others are out to get you. <laughs> Your greatest enemy is you. You must strive for a foothold before you can take hold and find the meaning to life. I was in year 10 in the ministry when I wrote those words. 
I wrote those poems. I wrote that poem because I was struggling at that point trying to understand the purpose because I'd come out of seminary ready to change the world in three years, Nathan, three years. I gave myself three years to change the world. I figured with the power of the Lord Almighty at my side and with my own ambition, I could just grab hold of this thing and figure it out, and I run on to the field. Next thing I know, they knocked me down. <laughs> and then they stepped on me. Then I figured it, uh, figured it may take a little bit more than three years. It may take four years, and then it may take five years, and then it may take 30 years, because the truth is, even though God has blessed us with all this purpose in our life, we fail to see it and to seize upon it and to act upon it. We don't take advantage of what is there. I mean, look at, look at this. I mean, this is amazing. There, there's a river flowing right now through Spring Hill. Isn't this amazing? We've seen it only a certain way, and now Gina and the crew and all of them have made it where we see something that wasn't even here before, and the children and their imaginations are hearing the water. Do you hear it? Do you hear the water bubbling? It's bubbling. I hear it. Let's go. Randall got this thing running down here. I don't know where it is. Randall, did you set that? Is that even running today? I'm hearing water. You're saying it's not even running? Is it? Oh, I don't even know where it is. I'm lost. I'm confused. I, I tell you the truth, I, but I hear it. <laughs> See, God's blessed us, and if we listen close enough, we can, we can hear it. We can be a part of it. We can ask God to show us now in the present. Not only has he blessed us, he is blessing us. Now, I love the Southern way. I'm a Southern boy. Southern born, Southern bred. When I die, I'll be Southern dead, you know. That's, that's, uh, and that's usually done with, uh, you know, just Tar Heel born, Tar Heel bred. But I won't do that today. Well, this idea that uh, ing, I-N-G, bless ing. Miss Kathy can see you afterwards if you need any remedial training on this. The G is not pronounced in the Southern lexicon. It's blessing, blessing, not blessing. Uh, and I'm teaching Asamina some of these southern ways, and he's going to take them back to Kuwait and uh, show the people. Uh, did you know his last name means Jacob? Isn't that amazing? It means Jacob, the tribe of Jacob. It's amazing. See, we've been blessed by who we are, our story, our family, our history. Even before we were born, God laid out the course. And he said, are you going to find the course? Will you seek it out? Will you seek the way that I want you to go? Or are you going to go your own way? And not only has God blessed us where we've been, he blesses us where we are. And there is a blessing, or a blessing, which I like to say around us even now. And it's streaming in like the water coming in, like the spring of eternal blessing, of grace, See, grace is flooding the universe even now while we think it is dark and empty. Grace is filling up the pool that we can swim in this. There is no excuse for not being blessed in your life. There's no excuse for not seizing the day. 
and knowing that God has made it possible. There's no excuse we have for not the better way that God has made for us. This postmodern world has lost sight of this and they're finding reasons to cop out and to try to cheat life and to think it's not possible. Child, get yourself up and put on your shoes and put on your clothes and go out and face the world and seize the day for the world is a place that has been blessed by God. But, but there's dragons out there and there's darkness out there and I'm afraid to go out there. You go out there, child, and you live the life God has called you to live and be fearless in his name. See, that's what blessing is. It's the greatest empowerment in the world. It takes us where we are and puts us to where God is. And if God is on our side, who can stand against us? Imagine, imagine Joshua, my namesake, Joshua, Jerome, same origins of the name, imagine Joshua. He was a spy. They just found a mosaic that dated from uh, actually the time of Jesus that shows Joshua and Caleb, the two spies going into the promised land. But imagine Joshua when he's given the army and he goes into the promised land and he's carrying the Ark of the Covenant. The presence of God is above the Ark and inside the God, uh, just the Ark is the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments. And Joshua's army is facing armies that are greater, that are more. And yet he's marching boldly into battle and he's winning battle after battle after he takes over the promised land and claims it in the name of God. He's bold in his belief. Sisters and brothers, blessing emboldens us to be not only the best we can be, but to be the one God wants us to be. So this blessing, he says, in his love, he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. Why is it God wants us to have purpose and to be successful and to have love? Is because he loves us. It's that simple. He wants it for us. All good parents want good things for their children. We want the children to be happy and to find a soulmate, to have someone to spend life with, to find purpose and reason. We want the best for our children. God wants the best for us. He has not abandoned us. We are not orphans lost on the streets, the dusty roads of some nation. We are the children that have been adopted into the promise. He is blessing us right now. In him we have redemption through his blood, forgiveness of sins, because we need it. See, children make mistakes. Children do things that sometimes are, well, they're mistakes. And that's where a loving and forgiving father meets the child and embraces them so they can know not their mistake, but they can know the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. And he has made known to us the mystery of his will. And that's what I've been working on all week long. Because I like a good mystery. Oh, I like a mystery. I like when things, they're not what they appear to be. And you turn and you look. You know, I was at Monticello years ago. We took a vacation, went up to Virginia, Monticello, you know, the University of Virginia there. Beautiful town and beautiful house at Thomas Jefferson. 
And we're walking around the house and enjoying, you know, the construction, the architecture that Thomas Jefferson had. He was such an enlightened man with all of, his, all of his teachings and his ways. And I'm sitting there looking, and I'm looking here and looking there, and the tour guide's taking us around. And I said, where's the third point? And they said, what? And I said, where is the third point? I said, there's got to be a third point. They said, sir, we don't, we don't know what you're talking about. There is no third point, uh, and it's not on the map, your tourist guide map. So what are you talking about? And I said, it's so easy. I said, you, you got a dome right here. You look at Monticello as a dome, right? Thomas Jefferson built a dome. And I said, if you look down the valley over there, you can see it from here. You see the dome of the University of Virginia. I said, you got a dome here and a dome there. I said, if you draw a line between this dome and that dome, you can form a circle, which means the third point is on the circle. So where is the other uh, dome? The tour guide said, now we'll continue our tour. <laughs> Leon is like, oh, be quiet, be quiet, don't, don't keep. And I was looking the whole time I was there trying to find that third dome, because I know he built a third dome. I know it as sure as the day is long, because I love a mystery. I even had some one guy that was going to go with me and we were going to get on the river and raft and try to find the third dome because there's something there. There's a mystery. So y'all go to Monticello, just start looking for the third dome and then email me or call me and let me know when you find it because I think if you find it, you'll probably find a Declaration of Independence or something really important underneath it. It's probably hidden. Maybe I've been watching too many of these mystery movies, but there's something there. See, see it's so obvious. If I'm born a certain day and I'm going to die a certain day, there's got to be a third day. <laughs> uh, and when is the third day? The day he rose. See? It's pyramid. Pyramid. There's a pattern. And that pattern is a pattern of blessing. And God has encoded it in our very lives and we fail to see it because we do not let the mystery of his will take a hold of our lives. And not only is he blessing or blessing us in the present tense, he will bless us. He's calling us to his good pleasure. It says, and he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to put into effect when times have reached their fulfillment. Now that one, that one I had to work on. Nathan, you got to work on that. Because what is fulfillment? What times need to be fulfilled? My time? No. God's time. There's a greater plan at work, people. The greater plan is not a peace treaty we may or may not sign. The greater plan is not just the circumstance of life that may or may not occur. God's plan is taking place even now. And you may wonder, you may say, is it really taking place? It is. It is because God is preparing his coming. And Jesus is coming again. And he says, to put into effect when times have reached their fulfillment, to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. So where is it all going to? It's going to one point where everyone who has ever lived and will ever live will bend their knee to Jesus. Jesus, 
Jesus. Jesus is our Lord. In him we have been chosen. God has said, you belong to me. Now do what I say and do as I do and find out who you are and where you are going. In him we have been chosen and been predestined according to his plan. And what is God's plan? It's so easy to see the plan of God if we just open our eyes and see it. What is missing from the dialogue of this nation where everyone is finding fault? You remember last Sunday? I replayed the sermon for Leanna yesterday from last Sunday. <laughs> y'all are saying y'all, you shouldn't do that, Jerome. I did it because I wanted her to catch that last point again. She said, I've already heard it, Dad. And I said, yeah, but listen real close to that last point I made. Now, for those that weren't here last Sunday, you can listen to it online, isn't that right, Brad? And I sound really good online. I don't look good. It's not a video, but it's an audio. And the voice is just, it's got nuance, it's got timing. It's really, it's really good. Uh, but it's not about my voice that is so vain of me. What it's about is about the message. And that last point from last Sunday was what? We were talking about the young boys escaping the tunnel and the mountain. Remember, I didn't give you the answer if they all were going to make it. You remember that? I wouldn't give you the answer. I said, you have to make your own decision about your life, if you are going to make it or not, if you're going to crawl out of the cave that we find ourselves in into the light of God's day. And the truth is, I already knew the answer. They would all make it. And the reason I knew they would make it wasn't just the expertise, the dive team and the world coming together and all the things that took place. The reason I knew they would make it was not just that they were a team and they had spirit and they helped to encourage one another. The reason I knew they were going to make it is because my God is a great God. My God is a great God. Not just a good God, not just an okay God, he is a great God and he can take any problem, any issue and he can solve it. He can make us whole because he not only is blessing us and has blessed us, he will bless us. In him we have been chosen and you have been included when you heard this word of truth the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you have been marked in him with a seal. A seal. A seal is a very important thing. A seal was used as a way to hold a legally binding document, usually from a high-ranking official, sometimes even a king, and they would put their signet ring into the wax and press it upon the paper, and the seal was a way you sealed the document for delivery. We have been sealed. God has sealed us. He has placed a mark upon us. Not the mark of the beast, not the mark of the world, not the mark of uh, just unholy, but the mark of holy God has marked us with that we will be delivered. We have been, what's the saying? Signed by his blood, sealed by his love, and delivered by God's grace. How to preach. We have been signed, sealed, and delivered. The promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance 
until the redemption of those who are God's possession, the praise of his glory. Isn't it wonderful that God has given us such great purpose in our lives that we can claim that and live the life to the fullest that we have been given. So I say, if you run, you run fast. If you sing, you sing loud. If you play, you play strong. If you believe, you believe without any questioning. If you hope, let no shadows and clouds of darkness come between you and the sun. Live your life to the fullest and let every day be the day of salvation. Amen. Our final hymn is Blessed Assurance, Jesus.